All right, let's go. There it goes. All right, let's go. Questions, queries, quandaries, anything for me? Oh, you now well-initiated students of 1110. I say I have been through the fire, and I've come to the other side. Some of you a little more singed than others. Any questions? All right. If you'll take it from like an 8 down to like a 2, I'll tell you about the test. The average was an 84.5. It's not bad, right there in the mid-B range. A couple points lower than usual, but nothing out of the ordinary. Standard deviation of 12. For those of you that are math uninitiated, that means you did really well or you really didn't. Um, nine people got 100. Overall, there are 237 A's out of the 563 students in the three classes. So what, 45% of you got an A, somewhere in that range? Another 170 of you got B's. 77 got C's. And then there were some other people. Yeah. Um, so uh, overall, the distribution is relatively favorable. Um, so well done for all of you. Uh, we're not going to talk about the exact questions just yet. We have just a couple people that were on death's door uh, when they needed to take the when the test was going on. So I'm going to hold the test till Monday. But don't worry, I'll give you the entire time to do recreate requests. But uh, no need to send me anything until you actually see the key, which I will also post on Monday. But Without discussing what are on the exact pages, here is some information for you. Uh, the first page, which all of you told you that that page was going to be there, and the average is a 4.98. <laughs> At least one person just walked down and, uh, in, in both sections, this section and the, and the uh, 3 o'clock, and just said, oh, here's, oh, I got a bubble. Yoink. Sorry. There went that. Um, on page two, which was all the fill in the blankies, I'll just leave it at that, fill in the blankies, uh, the average was 17 out of 20. Let me just say, some of you have some extremely creative math. Just leaving it at that. On page three, which is where the short answery questions were, the average was a 21.25 out of 25. So pretty good, pretty good. A couple common mistakes we saw on many people's pages. Uh, on the code reading page, where you had to also fill in the blank type stuff, the average was a 22 out of 25. Many people nailed that one. We were very, very pleased. We were really, really scared about that, that question about taking too long for people to read. A very large portion of you just nailed it. If you didn't nail it, I mean, you really missed it. And I'm really sorry, but there were some things where it just... It, it hurt. It hurt. The coding question, the full-on coding question, the big coding question, the average was a 19 out of 25. There was one extremely common error that a lot of people did, and it was four or five points off. 
Uh, we will certainly talk about that on Monday. But really, other than that one error, most of you did a really, really good job of analyzing that problem. So overall, I'm, I'm pleased. I think y'all did a good job. Um, if, um, what? Oh, I thought someone had a question. Monday. You'll get it Monday. So if you did not look at your individual page grades, I've posted those in Collab. There's a link on the left-hand side that says post them. You can go there and look at your individual page grades. Uh, and so you kind of know what you did, uh, obviously without not knowing exactly what you did, but you get the general idea. But you should have more than enough information if you need to make a decision by Monday. What is Monday? Monday is the drop deadline. College students go, wait a minute, drop deadline? That's but That was a month ago. No! School of Engineering drop deadline, which... You follow my deadline, not your school of enrollment deadline. So if you're a college student, you get to exercise the vast, amazing power of dropping a class one-third of the way through if you so decide to do so. Now, bear in mind also that the School of Engineering lets you withdraw from a class about oh, a day before the final exam, practically. Um, it's not quite that. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's, like 12, yeah, it's like 12 weeks into the semester you can still do withdrawal. So uh, School of Engineering is pretty lenient on that. Uh, but if you need to make a decision about that, you're welcome to come to office hours. Um, if, you, like, got, if you really are dying to see your actual test, you're welcome to come to my office, uh, and I can pull it up for you. Um, otherwise, you'll just get it back on Monday. Uh, are there general questions about the test that I can answer? Like, not specifically, what was the answer number four? I'm not going to do those now, but any general other questions? Cool. So you have test one back. You have homework grades one through three back, so that should give you more than enough information if you need to make a decision before the drop deadline. So, um, because you have just gone through this vicious ordeal, and I know that you are all, you know, just exhausted and tired from all of that learning that you've done, we're going to do uh, a little bit of a sidetrack today and talk about a side topic, uh, and then we will come back to doing, you know, the other stuff, I guess, on Monday. So one thing that, that people have, have, have asked me to do more and more in this class is to talk about where we see computing in the world and what aspects of computing we can apply to our everyday lives. And so the one we're going to talk about today is GPS, which is something that I'm sure many of you have used before. How many of you own a dedicated GPS device, like a Garmin or a, or a GPS watch or something like that? Yeah, a lot of you do. How many of you have used the GPS functionality in your smartphone? Yeah. We've gotten to the point now where GPS is just everywhere. We have it in phones, watches, cars, itty-bitty chips that you could put on the back of a dog or something to track the dog going around, I guess. I don't know. You can put it on a lot of different things. But GPS came from way back when sailors were on the open sea and needed to figure out where they were. How would you solve this particular problem? How would you solve the problem of figuring out where you were on the open sea? Well, as I heard someone say as the picture was appearing, you had this lovely named item called a sextant. So, how did this work? Well, when you're on the ocean, you're definitely on a flat plane, and in order to figure out your location, you needed to find some celestial bodies and to basically figure out what angle you were from that celestial body. 
So every boat had a table, had a book that told it, that told the, the sailors, at this time, this celestial body is at this point in the sky. So North Star, the sun, um, the moon, all these other celestial bodies that they could relatively easily predict. Well, what they would do is they would find what this angle was. So, you know, you'd point at the horizon. It would then angle up till you found your celestial body. In this case, it's the sun. When it matched the horizon, they would do this nice little swing back and forth to verify that it's on the right. Yeah, lovely. Now, to do that, then you would figure out what angle it was. So, I need to have a couple sailors, please. Anyone willing to be a sailor? We're not going to stare at the sun. I appreciate the thought. We're not, they didn't actually stare. It was like, ah, but I, I, need, I just need a, couple, I need a couple of volunteers. Please, please. Thank you. Come down. Thank you. Come on down. Okay. We are going to say that our celestial body, you, sir, if you'll head over there, and you, sir, if you'll head over there, our celestial body in this, in this room is going to be this middle venti thing. That's the technical term. As you can tell, I'm obviously a mechanical engineer. So right there, that min- middle venti thing. Okay. So each of you put an arm out. So that's your, that's your point to the horizon. Go ahead. Point out to the horizon. Now, angle your sextant up towards and point up and get the angle. So it should be like this. All right. Look at their angles. They're precise measuring do they have approximately the same angle from where they are? Yeah, they kind of do. So this was the problem that sailors had. Because we could have the same angle to that point at those two points. And also, in a perfect circle around our celestial body, they would all have the same angle of attack. Okay, so what do you do? Well, you find a second celestial body. So let's pick a second celestial body. Let's let it be, oh, I don't know, that middle light right there. All right, do it again. And yet again, they have the same angle. But the difference is, is what we have is the circle that encompasses this celestial body, the circle that encompasses that celestial body, where the two intersect are the two places where they possibly could be on the, on the world map. So what sailors would do is they'd say, okay, I have the angle of attack to this celestial body. I have the angle to this one. So those two circles only meet at two places. And one of the places was in the Atlantic Ocean, and the other was in the Andes Mountains. And most sailors could figure out water. And they knew where they were. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. You may have a seat. So that is how we would figure out. I don't want this thing to keep going to sleep. So that's the way they would figure out how to fig- uh, where the sailors were on the sea. But we, we lay people, don't walk around with sextants, and it's not like you're in your Prius, and you're like, oh, one second, you pull over the side. <laughs> that way to Bodo's. I mean, that's not the way it works. We have something else that works a little bit better, which is the GPS. What celestial bodies do GPS, does GPS use? Satellites. Does anyone know how many satellites are in orbit? There are 24. Very good. There are 24 active at any one point in the GPS network. There are actually more available. There are just 24 that are active at any one point. And at any given point, you could have about 12 that could be pointing in your general direction. 
In order to get a GPS lock, you need three satellites to get the lock. So it needs to find the angle to three because now we're talking about not just two positions, but maybe also height. But then there's a fourth one that it finds. So the way that it works is the algorithm for this problem is that it figures out the angle to each of the other uh, GPS satellites. But then it says, okay, based on my positioning, I bet satellite four is there. And it listens very briefly, listening for the signal from satellite four. If it guesses right, the timestamp from when it thinks the signal from satellite four should get there will match what it is. And that's that last step to say, okay, I've guessed correctly, I know where I am. And so this advanced guessing algorithm is the basics of how GPS actually works. Now, what do we use GPS for? What is something that you use GPS for? Navigation. Navigation. Straight up, normal, good old-fashioned, I need to get somewhere. Good. What else do you use it for? Geocaching. So that's a form of recreation. Has anyone gone geocaching? I'm curious. Oh, wow. Okay, that's pretty good. So geocaching's neat, where you get like a clue and you get a GPS coordinate and you're supposed to go find whatever was hidden there. So that's fun. What else do you do with GPS? Track what? Put people, things, just... <laughs> you don't need to know, Professor Sheriff. Ha, 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 It's like a dart on my back or something, I guess. Okay, yeah, tracking. Military tracking. Or non-military. Timing. Yes, we use it for timing. Work, working out or running. Something, well, I, I don't know if you use the GPS for lifting weights. Like, <laughs> I lift this very well. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, everyone laughed and I missed it again. House arrest. Well, you know, if Lindsay Lohan gets out, you need to know. <laughs> it's pretty dangerous, apparently, in L.A. when she gets out. So all these are great. As a matter of fact, I would like to show you some of the interesting things that GPS can do. So uh, for those of you listening to the podcast, I am turning this off right now so that uh, we could do an example. You can come talk to me if you want to hear about it later. <laughs>